This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. Rise up. The answer lies in the heart of battle. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Hadouken! It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beat the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, we are days away from the premiere of Spider-Man Far From Home, and in honor of that, we are going to cover the top five films out of the ten films that we saw Spider-Man in. So, that's not just the actual Spider-Man films, that is also films that he was a part of. So, we're going to you know, rank all that down. I'm going to give you my top five along with the top five based upon the ACMG Facebook group and see what they voted and see where we contrast and compare to. So we're going to talk about that. This is a very Spider-Man episode. I'm going to love this because I love Spider-Man. It's the reason why I get through everything, you know, with great power cubs, yada, 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 and all that jazz. But we're going to talk about that. We're going to have some bit of news talk uh, to talk about this week. It's not too much going on. It's the 4th of July week coming, not the weekend. It's all falling upon the week. So there's uh, not too much news going on, but there is stuff to talk about and some important stuff to talk about, as well as some fun stuff to talk about. So without further ado, folks, let's not waste any time. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now, it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. Alright folks, to start this off, I do want to make an apology and a correction based on some pronunciation that I did on our last podcast at the Select Start uh, when I was talking about the unfortunate death of youtuber uh etika which i pronounce etika now granted that's not the most important thing about the situation by far but i want to be able to because I, I truth be told i've never really heard of the person until this came about and i've some people that i know 
or rather friends with him or known him or, you know, just really close to this guy or were fans of this person. And either way, regardless whether he's a, you know, influencer or celebrity or not, he's still a human being. And it's somebody who passed away due to circumstances that didn't have to be. And it's, it's just a shame from a standpoint that we still have not figured out how to help each other in a sense. So we're still closing ourselves from the world, from other people, from each other in a system that is meant to reach out to be more social. Social media is so screwed up right now. It's so screwed up right now. Like it has to be more than just about getting likes. It has to be more than just getting follows. The whole point of social media and its core when it first started off was so that people can socialize and, you know, be able to meet new people and do really cool things. And then it became this popularity contest, you know, when celebrities got into it and it became something it became something totally, totally different. It gave people a chance to want to be a celebrity in itself. But the defect of that is that it also. I. I from a psychological standpoint, I guess, I mean, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist of any kind, but I can guarantee like from a mental and ideological type of sense, it really changed the way everything was and how we thought, how we are judged, how we, you know, it just, it got out, of, it's getting out of hand and we need to utilize social media to truly bond with everybody. I, I gotta tell you, I've met a lot of great people from social media, whether it's just, you know, people I've met online to actual people I never thought I would ever, ever, ever had the opportunity to meet and be, let alone befriend. And either way, it's just a way of socializing, communicating, being a part of something special. And this is why we have what I'm now calling Operation Offline. Um, myself, a few other ACMG members, like we're we're now pressing hard to make sure that we're not only communicating online, that we're also communicating offline. We're doing gatherings now. Shout out to my uh, my ACMG member and good friend, uh, Kiana Map Dunn. She stuck her neck out. And I'm saying stuck her neck out because she's never done anything like this before. She wanted to do something to reach out to other people, to meet with other people. And what we did was, you know, she came up with the game night situation I'll you know in accordance to what I already do with the movie night situation just to try to get people to come out and meet with each other because the context of social media is so far off and once you meet somebody it's a whole new different thing and it's been proven uh last Friday we went and we checked out this you know board game you know cafe shout out to the thirsty dice this was a phenomenal place in Philadelphia I highly recommend it to anybody these guys were top-notch great restaurant great place where you can play board games they got over hundreds of different games to play but you're doing it together and we did it with people who we'd never met before some people I knew from the ACMG group but some other people I didn't know and I met for the first time and it was just awesome. We had a great time. And it really, from a mental standpoint, it felt great because we are part of a group. We're interacting in, in the real world. We took the red pill and decided to, you know, do something different. We it's 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 amazing how it's a now a form of bravery to go out and socialize with people. That to me is amazing. But what that can do for you is just it mentally helps you better. And I feel like before the internet really got the way it was, 
people handled things differently. Like they weren't as depressed, you know, because of the 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 interaction, the social interaction and in the real world was there. Now it's not. We're isolating ourselves even more and more, I feel. And we just need to bond better. We need to make sure that people like Etika and people that I know aren't suffering from isolation and depression and, and stuff like that. We need to let them know that, you know, reach out to us at all costs. I have friends who are far, you know, from not just in my city. I also have friends that are out of the state and out of this country. And I just want to make sure to let everybody know that there's always a way to reach out. Don't ever feel like that you're afraid not to. And, you know, just we we can. There's more to life than just social media and, and talking about anime, comics, movies, and games on social media. We can also, you know, hook up outside of this realm as well. So please try to reach out to everybody as much as possible. The world isn't as bad as it it is it claims to be it just if everything going on we just need to change the way we react and interact with people in this world saving people like etika saving people like the people i knew i just spoke to a friend of mine just recently like not just literally before this show started about how he's been feeling really down and depressed lately because he feels like isolated he's keeping himself from you know everybody and unfortunately this man's a father and that worries me. And he's not from this country either. That's the other thing. He, you know, I, he claims that he has been diagnosed and, and stuff like that. But we have to find a way to really, it's not easy. I've been through this when I was in high school where I felt like I was the only one in the world. But I had to fight myself out of it. This is before people were diagnosing these symptoms or anything like that. And I'm not saying I'm anywhere near uh, suffering from depression or anything. But you don't have to be diagnosed to feel sad. You don't have to be diagnosed to feel depressed at times, but there's a severity and a level of depression out there now that people are, you know, that, you know, medical facilities and such like that are looking into. But we didn't have that in the 90s and all the stuff. I literally had to really fight hard for my life and, my, and understand my worth and value. That might not work for everybody, but it's something that always you need to consider. But also... Just try to reach out to people and try to make your voice heard as much as possible. There's a, it's a lot of work. It's not just one step. It's not going to be two steps or whatever. But we need to find more ways, come together, talk, find more ways to get together and enjoy all the fruits of this life. And some of the fruits of this life is friendship, is love, it's family. It's and of course, it is all things uh, anime, comics, movies and games. But at the end of the day, we need it's no point of loving all this. We can't have it anybody to love it with so with that said again people if you know someone who is suffering from feelings of depression or suicidal tendencies and don't have a trusted family or friend to rely on please be a hero and reach out to them but if you're that person please call the national suicide prevention helpline at 1-800-273-8255 let me give you that number again 1-800-273-8255 so please give that a call as much as possible they're there for you they're looking to help they're trying to find ways to help everybody as much as possible and let's you know 2020 is coming let's rid of all negativity once and for all and start to move the bring the tip of the scale to positivity 
that is all I'm going to say about that. And it needed to be said. I know this is a format for fandom-based entertainment, but there's some really important things in life that needs to be stressed out. And I'm taking this time from our forum to do that. So if you're listening to this, definitely listen to everything that I said. And if you need, if you're part of the ACMG Facebook group, at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG1. You want to hear? You want to talk to me? I'm there. So let's move on to some more lighter news here. The AEW Fighter Fest was live last night. I got a chance to see it. If you guys know, if you're a wrestling fan, the AEW Fighter Fest, first of all, it was a spoof off of the Fire Fest. And it was on, on BET, it was, you know, which is being the elite, the YouTube show. It was a really cool comical thing. On the pre-show, it wasn't so much, but that's here nor there. The show was to, you know, promote their wrestling brand to a gaming community audience who are also possibly more than likely wrestling fans and at the CEO tournament, fighting game tournament, which is said to have been very successful. I watched the entire show. It was absolutely awesome. But the most significant thing about last night was that one thank goodness that the goofy skits were only for the pre-show and not for the main show and the main show was all mostly wrestling related but the main event of the night not the unsanctioned match after it but the main event of the night was the young bucks and kenny omega versus the lucha brothers and uh laredo kid the great part about this match and why i mentioned this whole entire thing was not only because this is this was at a gaming uh tournament but also that the young bucks and, Co- and uh, Kenny Omega came out to the biggest fanfare you could ever come out to, and that is them coming out wearing gear dedicated and tributed and paying homage to Street Fighter. Matt Jackson, I believe, I could be wrong on this, Matt Jackson wore Ken, Nick Jackson wore uh, Ryu, or was it Matt Jackson? What The Young Bucks wore, wore Ken and Ryu. But it was even more furthermore that the lights came off and Kenny Omega bust out looking like a Kuma with the Tengoku sign and all. It was awesome. It was a phenomenal match. These guys did tremendous, but it was a really great moment in the match where the Lucha Brothers and the uh, Laredo Kid actually did one synchronized move and they went to the ropes. And then all of a sudden, the Elite, which is Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, actually countered that with an Hadouken attack, which led to the crowd eating it all up they were going crazy for that it was awesome and shout out to Kyle Habert the voice of uh, Ryu he's been on the show I know he saw that uh, and the first thing I thought about when I saw that I'm like I bet you he was watching because he's a wrestling fan too if you guys heard the previous interviews I had with him we talked wrestling for a bit and uh, I, he's a big fan and he saw that and immediately he got a screen cap and put it on his website he like yep that happened so that was great that was absolutely great and he also got to meet xavier woods recently too which i'm like i thought he would have probably met him by, by now but um as it was pretty awesome great night these guys know exactly who they're catering to and, and the actual target audience that they're catering to kenny omega's a big gamer and like a pro gamer at that you could almost you know i you pretty much give him pro gamer status with fighting games so i mean it was great they they absolutely loved it it was a great deal overall and uh i'm looking forward to the fall because they got a lot to go on from there so moving on to some other news melissa mccarthy is in talks to playing ursula in the live action uh, little mermaid movie from disney 
I'm actually all for this. I think she is. Uh, I love her, Mike Amali. I loved her and everything she's been in. Um, she's great. She is. I don't think she gets enough credit. She could play. She's kind of like the the equivalent of. Oh, I you know this could be controversial for me saying this to some extent, but she has that Robin Williams, John Lithgow type of ability to do comedic roles and do serious roles. Now, I don't. I'm not saying that she's at the level, but she's able to do that because not many people can do a serious role that she's done. She is Oscar nominated, you know, not just one time or two times. But like she's she's really great. So I think she can really knock it out of the park with um, Ursula. I think she's perfect for it. And I am looking forward to that as well. I think she'll do a great job. I'm also looking forward to The Lion King coming up on July 19th as well. We are just knocking at the door. Now, you know what else comes out on July 19th? Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. You ain't telling me nothing. I can't wait to that game. I am going to be so on that damn game. Hard. Like, I'm celebrating that game big. <laughs> like, hugely big. You watch. If you're in the ACMG Facebook group, look out. It's coming. So, I am looking forward to that uh, movie coming out. Like, Disney has been... Do- People were skeptical about the Disney live-action movies at first, but they are really doing a Marvel job. No pun of doing these films and coming up with these films it's in the same way that marvel uh studios are doing it, it's like you know you have these great beloved animated movies and you're bringing them to life in the same almost in the same fashion as what marvel studios doing it it makes sense because they're all connected together anyway so you know why not do is just as good and give that marvel quality to disney for their movies and they've done really good and everybody said um aladdin was actually pretty damn good you know all things considered with will smith and everything so didn't i heard more way more positive than negative about that movie so we'll see i, I would love to see uh, melissa mccarthy she, I, to me i honestly i don't think she could do any wrong i think in about a couple more years a few more years she will be regarded as one of the greats of this time of this generation because of what she's uh, the movies the quality of movies and the caliber of movies that she's been doing and truth be told and screw everybody for this I actually like ghostbusters so sorry not sorry take it or leave it uh i never saw a problem with that movie it's like the first one wasn't an oscar winning movie in the first place like why are we beefing about this this movie was at all just as comical so i i just i thought they always got the bad the bad run with that deal and nobody everybody always said that was a bad movie a lot of people have said it was a bad movie but they never articulated as to why it was actually a bad movie so i can't tell you what the hell is going on with with people's mind they just want again people just want to vent and displace anger sometime what can you say so uh i believe this is the last yep this last bit of news i got like i said this is a really short episode this week i mean we're i guess because of the holiday season there's not a lot of uh news coming out but I did watch the recent episode of Dragon Ball Super. Of course, you know they're covering, they're finally covering uh, the Tournament of Power in English. So all the English dub characters characters there. Again, shout out to Kyle uh, Haybear, who is, of course, Gohan on that as well. And it is, every bit is awesome. But if you guys recall, last time I spoke about that show, they actually, Toonami, Cartoon Network, they actually did a few episodes where they were actually editing the frames, you know, the actual, you know, frames of the episode because of people that were getting seizures and, epile- uh, you know, epilepsy or whatnot, 
you know, because of the color and lighting and stuff like that. And they wanted to try to help make sure that that happens. So what they did was that they kind of, you know, slowed down the fighting, you know, uh, the, the episodes where some of the fighting was. And I know that they did because I watched it again on DVR when, uh, when I when I saw it. and then recently I just uh, it's on fun those up some of those episodes are now on Funimation uncut and I saw that episode and I'm like oh yeah they absolutely did it because the pacing of the fighting is much faster it's like rapid speed at this point and I looked at them like why did they just slow that down and not everything else like they didn't do really anything in my opinion to really doing it uh slow it down or you know dim the lighting and coloring up that will probably trigger somebody with the symptoms so i guess they i guess they gave up on that point and just decided to put a disclaimer on uh on the tv as you know when commercials uh when it airs back on saying that you know this show produces a lot of lighting and in a lot of situations that may cause seizures so just be aware so i actually i'm really glad that they did that is a very responsible thing to do uh, I, I, I would love for them to be able to do it in a way that it wouldn't affect those that get that does have those triggers, but not without taking out the integrity of the show. So, and unfortunately, I guess they couldn't do it without you know diluting the actual series for the essence of what the series is about. And they just decided to put that up. And I, I, again, I do feel bad for those who may who do get triggered by that. It's it's a shame. Uh, hopefully, they'll find a way. Maybe there's a way to change. I don't. I really don't know. Um, maybe there's a way to you know turn down the tent on your TV when watching it or something like that. I don't know what it is. What's going to take to you know be able to have everybody enjoy that show? But unfortunately, that's not the case. So they're just putting up a disclaimer right now. But I thought that was very interesting um, that they did that. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully someday we'll be able to find a way to make sure that everybody can enjoy stuff like that because the tournament of power is just ridiculously great. I enjoy the tournament of power way more than I enjoy WWE, which I have not watched in ages. And their storytelling is much better too. So, folks, that will do it for this edition of What's New in the World of ACMG. We're going to take a break. Come back and talk the top five ranked Spider Man movies. We'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hi guys, this is Ruben Langdon. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Show you can! Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Fight!
All right, folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my top five Spider-Man movies. And not just the Spider-Man movies that are just based on Spider-Man, but all of the movies that had Spider-Man in them. That's also the MCU movies as well. The overall count of that is about 10 movies spanning from 2002 to now. So we decided to add those in because many feel that some of the movies that only had his appearance on there was actually better than some of the original movies that were made. So I decided to add that on. I remember even Kevin Smith, for instance, when uh, Captain America Civil War came out and they premiered Spider-Man and it was like the 17 minute, 52 second uh, battle that they did. And and just introducing Spider-Man into the world of the MCU, he felt that that was the best Spider-Man movie that he's ever seen (laughs) up to the point. That was before Homecoming came in and all that stuff. So, I decided to add those all in and see where they rank within all. Not only did I do so, but our ACMG Facebook group did so as well. And if again, if you want to be a part of the ACMG Facebook group and socialize with some great people who loves all things anime, comics, movies, and games just like we do, go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG1 and you absolutely must have a legit real profile with you interacting from five years or beyond and that's the only way you're going to get in. If you don't answer all of the questions that are in there, if you don't agree to the terms, you will not be on. I do not play around with that. I want to make sure everybody's safe. There is no trolling. There is no solicitations or any of that stuff. We don't even allow promotions if people aren't socializing. That's how like strict we are because it's social media. We're supposed to socialize. And even from a business standpoint, you're supposed to be socializing and networking around anyway. That's how you do business, people. But I digress. Our people, our great people in the ACMG Facebook group also voted on. So I'm going to give mine. We're going to give theirs. We're going to compare and contrast and see where we go from there. So let's get it started. Number five, I gave it to the original Spider-Man, the 2002 Spider-Man, Sam Raimi. Brilliant. And when I say brilliant, so brilliant that we probably wouldn't have been at this stage of comic book movies had he, along with x-men and also blade have not done what they've done but it was at the time of sam Raimi when he came out with spider-man it really set the tone i mean like blade started a revolution of saying we can make something of this we can no longer be afraid to do comic book movies the way they should be done and we have the technology to do it we also had the technology to create the bionic man as well so with that said, they decided to go out it and they made the X-Men shortly after, which was critically acclaimed at the time. And then shortly after, Spider-Man came and it was all of our dreams coming true. As a comic book fan, as a Spider-Man fan, I teared up for the first time seeing him come alive, come to life. And it was just now it's just normal. Now in 2019 is normal. In 2002, we never seen anything like this. And actually, we did, but it was crap because it was the old Spider-Man series, live-action series from that time then. And if anybody ever tape-traded back then, you also saw the actual Japanese Super Sentai Spider-Man as well. But it wasn't until this movie that was done so right that there was a, so much fanfare that it really felt like the comic book coming to life from panels to splash pages, everything just coming to life. This movie 
really set the tone for everything from there. And it made so much money when it came out. It's unbelievable. So that is going to be my first. I mean, you had Tobey Maguire, who uh, really did a great job of playing a very comic worthy and accurate Peter Parker at the time. You know, he he, and not just any Peter Parker. He, I thought he always portrayed a very good six Earth six one six Peter Parker, and that's a difference. For those who are not familiar with that term, Earth six one six is the primary Marvel universe. Before all of these new versions came out, the Earth six one six is the primary version of Marvel Comics. It's before any new reboots or any of that stuff changed in the alternate universe like Spider-Man 2099s and the Ultimate uh, Spider-Man universe and such. Before all of that came by, it was Earth 616. So he played a great Spider-Man Earth 616. And that has to be importantly said because moving on to all these other movies that we're going to talk about, they actually were different versions of Peter Parker based on different versions of the comic series that you're referring to. There was some you know, references of, you know, maybe Ultimate Spider-Mans and stuff like that. So we got to make sure we address that as possible. So the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, which is absolutely awesome. Uh, William Dafoe was fantastic. And still to this day, still to this day, absolutely Shakespearean with his role as uh, as Norman Osborn. I mean, my favorite, absolutely, without a doubt, whenever I think of Spider-Man, I think of the scene where William Defoe is looking at that mirror and he's talking to himself and they got the cameras panning back and forth as if he's really talking to somebody else, but it's actually him. I was like, dude, I can watch him in a live theater do this and it'll be awesome. He is so phenomenal. He is. That's why he is a legend. William Defoe is a legend in this business. And that's because of stuff like that. I mean, he was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, he just, I, I, if anything I was ever to say I would change, I wish that they would have not mech his Green Goblin suit, but it wasn't a big throwaway. It didn't, it didn't really hurt anybody. But in, in a sense, it was just like, okay, they feel that they have to go that route, but it's fine because the rest of the movie, the, the Rami suit, you know, Spider-Man suit and everything is all legendary and beloved. And the movie was great. You know, everybody, Kirsten Dunst is, you know, uh, as Mary Jane, still actually probably the best Mary Jane of them all at this point, because she actually is Mary Jane, you know, at this point. So, uh, and and J- and James Franco was like his career would not have skyrocketed off had he not played Harry Osborn. I mean, say what you will, that's where he got famous from. The same way Hugh Jackman got famous off of Wolverine, James Franco got huge because of his role of Harry uh, Osborn. So this this really elevated a lot of. The, uh, things to come in the world and in industry, like just people's career, the industry in itself, the franchises of comic book movies, you know, it, it helped elevate that. I, you know, I always give the analogy of the Sugar Hill Gang and Run DMC because when the Sugar Hill Gang came out, they were the first of the first of the first. That's what everybody considers. They were the first ones to be in the spotlight of hip hop. But it wasn't until Run DMC came out that it became a commercial success, a crossover commercial success. That's kind of what Spider Man did here. You know, Blade is the Sugar Hill Gang. You never, you can't never ever deny he he is the nucleus of a new generation of comic book movies, of successful comic book movies. He's not the first comic book movie, but he's the first 
of a new line of successful comic book movies that revitalized the industry to what we have now. That will never be forgotten. But Spider-Man, because of what the character is, who he is, and how much of a risk it was, because if they got that wrong, people would have, even before the internet and the term trolling came about, people would have been like crazy, like shit-faced about, upset about the whole entire thing. So with that said, that goes into the five. Why isn't it in number one? Because unfortunately, there are successors since that time, since 2002. Absolutely, Captain America Civil War, for instance, which I had a hard time, you know, going back and forth with this. And I'll tell you why. I, I really had a bad, you know, you know, back and forth time of saying, was this better than the original Spider-Man? For me, it was. And again, take notice of what I just said. For me, it was because this is my top five, not your top five. So this for me was because one, I absolutely love the ultimate Spider-Man series, and I thought Tom Holland played a, a extraordinary Peter Parker, a fantastic new Ultimate Universe. If you guys have not listened, uh, read the original Ultimate Spider-Man series that uh, Mark Bagley did, and, and uh, I forgot who wrote it, but like I think I don't know if he wrote he might have wrote it uh, written it too, but the Mark Bagley Ultimate Spider-Man series. The story in that is so strong. It is like for the first few hundred episodes leading up to when Peter Parker dies in there. And this is like a teenage Peter Parker. This is where Tom Holland's character is derived from. It it just it plays up. And he played he did the same thing that, you know, Toby McGuire did. But I almost think that he's a lot more likable. He brought a lot more personality to it because this is a modern version of Peter Parker. And that doesn't take away anything from Tobey Maguire because Tobey Maguire played, like I said, the 616 version that was that dates back to 1963. And it was most appropriate. The whole entire you know movie of the original Spider-Man from Sam Raimi was referenced from the old school, you know, 1963 Amazing Fantasy style deal. And they did it tremendously. He did it tremendously well. But Captain America, Civil War, the Russos, they really did a great job introducing us into this new version of Spidey, this new, you know, approachable Spidey, this one that we can uh, really relate to. And that was very important because what makes Spider-Man one of the most successful characters in the world and in history is that he's he's the everyman. And you have to make sure that you get that element of Peter Parker in there. Peter Parker is the everyman. Not only did they do that, but he's in high school and he's a kid in high school in his new day and age of diversity and such. And he is crushing on this black girl <laughs> in this, in this, in this, uh, on this movie. In fact, if I'm correct, Zendaya as well, who ends up being MJ in the show. And they're both women of color. So I really appreciated that. I really, because if you guys remember, even in the comics, the original 616 Peter Parker, he was about every man. He, there's even a few comics where he, he's fighting for our culture. He's fighting, you know, he's, he's siding with our culture and he's like, he's totally not, you know, he, I think he was fighting, I think he was arguing with somebody that apparently was racist and he was trying to he was basically i forgot what book that was or whatever i gotta find it but you know he was against anybody who was you know 
anti-black or anti-anything or just racist, period. And he addressed that strongly in that book. Again, at a time where racism was, the volume was high as hell in, in racism at the time. So, that, you know, it's one of those things that I really enjoyed and they're, and they're continuing to put that in to this. And it worked and nobody had any problems with the fact that he, you know, he wanted to date her and it just happens to be Adrian Toomes' daughter, which also I loved as well because he was married to Francie, uh, um, French, uh, what's the name from uh, the Jamie Foxx show? I forgot her name, but, uh, you know, it was a lot of diverse, it was a lot of diversity in this deal and he, it just made him even more lovable as a character. Plus, he knows how to really pull off emotions very well. He, he, I, I don't understand, I mean, like, in Infinity War, when he died, and I just watched that, literally watched that, yes, I watched all the, all the movies leading up to this episode this week, that death scene is probably the most imprinted scene of all of the scenes in Infinity War. Because it just, he nails that scene. I don't want to die in the most innocent and heartbreaking way you could possibly do it. It's amazing. Tom Holland, at this time, he has the title of the best Spider-Man and the best Peter Parker right now. Bar none. But that's why I gave... Um, Captain America Civil War because it was a great introduction to him. The fight scene was phenomenal and they got everything right about Spider-Man, how strong he is, how he's able to, you know, even though he's a kid, he has this ability to be able to rival any of the other Avengers in there. So he he played himself right in there and he was very smart. He he thought he used critical thinking. He thought his way, he thought his way through. He troubleshot, you know, some things like how to take down Ant-Man or Giant Man at the time. So or Scott Lang, for that matter. So I, I really enjoyed his introduction here. So that one, I slid right into number four. But it was just, it was by a hair, at least, to uh, the original Spider-Man. Number three, for me, is going to be Spider-Man 2, Doc Ock. God, I swear to goodness, if there was no other Spider-Man movie out after, you know, before three, this would have been the greatest Spider-Man movie of all time. <laughs> this is still one of my all-time favorite Spider-Mans. Again, because they, you know, Sam Raimi captured the original Earth 616 uh, universe and the original 1963 universe and brought his life, he also brought a one, like, we haven't seen a Doc Ock since. Not since Into the Spider Verse, but there hasn't been another male Doc Ock since this. That's live action that has come out here. And this portrayal of Doc Ock was absolutely on point felt i guess you know what i could give another nod to to another great doc ock and that's um from the spider-man ps4 game that recently came out last year that is the other other one if you want to you know count that as a movie then yes that was another great doc ock but from a movie standpoint this was absolutely great and then the fight scene the fight scene alone it everything that i loved about a doc ock versus spider-man fight scene it was flawless. It was absolutely flawless in this movie. Everything about it. It was great. I loved it. I love everything that Peter was going through in here as well. So they never took, you know, stirred away from the Peter Parker side of the movie as well. It was well balanced. It was one of my favorites of all time. Still is one of my favorites of all time. If you want to count best comics of all time, comic book movies of all time, like Spider-Man 2 still strong. And I watched that a while back. It still holds up. Even Spider-Man 1 still holds up. 
to this day. So I, I absolutely love that. Number two. I, I think number two and number one is just, you don't need a crystal ball to predict the obvious, but what the hell. Spider-Man, actually, you may. Spider-Man Homecoming was my number two. And that is because we not only got Tom Holland in a full-blown movie, but it was a full-blown movie that was done right. It was in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, again, they kind of paid homage to the original Rami Spider-Man instead of having, you know, uh, Doc Ock. I mean, not Doc Ock. See, I'm still thinking about that. Even though they have, uh, they didn't have Norman Osborn. And when they started talking about Homecoming coming out, Everybody was hoping that it would not be Norman Osborn again because we saw so many Norman Osborn things. Remember the Amazing Spider-Man movies came out and they rehashed the whole entire thing over again for some reason. Sony and we didn't like we got enough. We got enough of the great with great power quote and we got enough of the Norman Osborn rivalry. So for now, at least. But like we it's not to say that we want to not see him anymore, but like they haven't really established the world enough to say that. We want to see him again and just reboot it all over again. So just wait years for one for that one. But with that said, Homecoming continue the storyline and story development and the character development of Peter Parker from Civil War. And we got to see so much more of Peter Parker. We got so much more of his friends and his world going on and, you know, great side characters. The one thing I loved about The Amazing Spider-Man or I'm sorry, not even just, not the Amazing Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man, was that they focus way more, well, not even way more, because you had Mary Jane and you had uh, Gwen Stacy and you had Harry Osborn in the original, but there was a, a lot more, I felt like there was a lot more development in side characters in there, and they did the same thing for here. Um, you, he had a bunch of friends in, in, in this movie that, like Ned, Ned was... <laughs> I don't care what the hell they say about that. The character of Ned looks extremely like Gink, uh, Genki in uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, Miles Morales' friend. It's just uncanny. It's just really uncanny that he looks exactly the same. But, you know, Ned has been in there. And then you got uh, now MJ, who Zendaya plays. And their version of Flash Thompson is very interesting. You would think, as comic book fans... And we, in all the years that we've known about Flash, especially with Flash, what ends up happening to Flash Thompson later on in the world of in the Marvel comic universe, that we would see this newly rehashed, diverse version of Flash Thompson. He's, I believe, he's Indian descent in this movie, which was really interesting. And I don't know how they were able to pull off the fact that we were okay with this kid playing flash thompson he was still a he's he's not as much of a bully as as the original flash thompson uh it was in the other movies but he uh he did pretty well he did he did uh pretty damn well in here and he he people love him he's more like a millennial version of flash and i think that's what they were going for because millennial flash is like he doesn't really like aggressively physically bully you he bullies you mentally antagonizes you if you will so that's how he does it then he gets his comeuppance every single time some way and i can't wait to see far from home because if you saw clips of that he's gonna get he's he's gonna be in for a number i'm gonna love this so but he but some of the essence of flash is still on there too like he for instance he actually still is a big fan of spider-man and that's always been the case of 
Flash Thompson. He's like, he hates Peter Parker, but he loves Spider-Man. And they're the same person. So they, that element is still there. But the fact that they were able to, you know, do that. And Zendaya to some extent, too. Because Zendaya is not a... Uh, the original MJ is not a woman of color. Zendaya's character, who is not named Mary Jane, by the way. And I don't know how the hell they get from... I forgot the original name that she was to, like, MJ. So uh, it, that's a whole entire thing. And um, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully it'll answer that question on the second movie as well. But... And guys, have you seen the recent, I don't, I don't follow uh, Zendaya, but I did see an article, I don't know if it was GameStop or IGN, where she actually changed her hair color and straightened her hair in honor of the new Spider-Man movie and made it red. She does look like a MJ-ish type of character in this, and I wish they would have added that to the movie to some extent, but I understand that they were hiding the fact that she was MJ in the movie, just for, you know, I guess shits and giggles or whatever, but... Yeah, I, I, whatever they did, they did right, and people loved it. And you know, it's become a lot of people's first or second favorite Spider-Man movie of all time. It's definitely mine. I love the new suit. I love the fact that it is based on Civil War, kinda. And this is Tony Stark giving him his suit, and it answers the question as to why he has all this technology. And now that Tony's gone, and we're gonna see how this stuff, you know, heads on. After for the aftermath of uh, Endgame and such, so this is going to be really interesting to see what happens there. But Homecoming it was such a great movie. It was great comedy, um, a lot of connections to the Marvel Cinematic Universe as always, and this is going to be good. I, I'm looking forward to it. But Homecoming was definitely my number two. Number freaking one. Again, we do not need a crystal ball to predict the obvious. And again, this is one of those situations where I felt like. This is going to be etchy because Homecoming was so great. But this movie was a huge love letter to Spider-Man fans and just art in general and animation in general. And you can't deny it's the only Spider-Man movie that has an Oscar. And that is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Not even Peter Parker. It was Miles Morales. The same Miles Morales that a lot of trolls, that a lot of haters was hating on that Michael Bendis actually created, that Sarah Pacelli actually beautifully, brilliantly drew. A lot of people were hating on his character. What's up, Danger? He got an Oscar. What? And not only that, you had... This with the fact that this was such an extraordinary artistic work of art, a masterpiece, if you will. This absolutely a masterpiece. When you get to Oscar, you're a masterpiece. What made this so great is that it paid so much homage to the artist. It paid, I, I, there was a slats of Eric Larson in there. To, um, John Romita Jr.'s artwork, our style was in here too. I mean, man, you, it was unbelievable. Some uh, Kingpin, I forgot the original artwork, the art style that they based him on. Just so great. Just a homage, a love letter to every single fan who's ever read a Spider-Man comic book for years. Followed by the fact that a new kid is in town, and that is Miles Morales. And not only that, the soundtrack was absolutely awesome. You can't even say that about all the other movies that came out. All the other movies had like one or two songs that were great from their soundtrack. Like the original Spider-Man, I believe Nickelback did Hero, which is still to this day awesome to me. Um, who else? Spider, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which had Electro on there from Jamie Foxx. The Electro theme, orchestrated theme music, theatrical um, theme music is actually awesome as well. But when you have an entire soundtrack 
And it's been a while since movies had actual soundtracks. Like back in the 90s, we used to have movies that would have actual, you know, original soundtracks with some of the uh, today's hottest artists in here. I could give a big example of this. New Jack City, still to this day, one of the greatest movie soundtracks of all time. The Boomerang soundtrack by L.A. and Babyface had, you know, various artists in there as well. One of the greatest damn soundtracks of all time i give another nod to babyface as well he did the um the waiting to exhale soundtrack as well uh mo money i mean you name it they was just a ton of different soundtracks boys in the hood menace to society they just keep they was just rolling back in the 90s we haven't had anything like this since and i mean since that and black panther soundtrack which was also fantastic and here we actually had this and it was just it was just it was phenomenal Everything about this movie was phenomenal. I even paid, they had a lot of uh, homage to, to New York and Biggie and, you know, hip hop in general. And whoever was the DJ that was putting all these mixes together was awesome in the movie. I mean, you heard Black Sheep in the damn movie. Come on. An Oscar winning movie that has both Biggie and Blaren and Black Sheep. I don't want to hear it no more. So uh, it was just awesome. Uh, and then you have Mahershala Ali who played the Prowler. Um, just so many people, so many people. The guy who played Peter Parker was the, uh, my man from um, New Girl, who at first I, I was really skeptical about. I love him on New Girl. I love him in other things. And um, I just didn't know if he was going to be able to pull up like Peter Parker. But the version that they put portrayed was perfect. It made sense. It made absolute great sense to it. And he gelled really well. Everybody about that, everything about that movie really well. But now we got a new cat in town. This, this movie solidified Miles Morales more than anything else I mean he, you can see like in the comics he was becoming a main a main character to a lot of situations if you read Civil War 2 he was a main factor a huge factor in that storyline which was great when you put it all together in order and it was just it was absolutely fantastic but man absolutely he is set in stone now. You can't say anything about him. In fact, he's a new he's he was a he was a known character in the Spider-Man PS4 movie. I mean, I'm sorry, see? And uh, the game actually. And then also, he's going to be a main character, a focus character in the in the roster for Marvel Ultimate Alliance coming in just a few days. Cannot wait. Absolutely cannot wait for that. So, folks, I'm telling you, I, it was undeniable. I couldn't. I mean, you just it just can't just be, the way that they did things. It was just and again, it looked like a comic book in motion. That was the other great part, too. You, I mean, I love Homecoming. You can't if, if you focus on just live action movies, Homecoming is number one. But Spider-Man movies in general, you got to get at the end of the Spider-Verse. I'm I'm interested in seeing what this sequel is going to look like. I kind of feel like this needs to be a one and done thing. But if they're going to do keep doing it, Sony animation this is where your niche is do not mess with the live action stuff let so let marvel studios continue with spider-man i i i i got a feeling this is going to be the last movie you're going to see in this marvel cinematic universe with him which is going to be sad but and i hope that's not the case i hope they figure out because they're getting paid regardless so we'll see but let's see what our acmg facebook group has in this so i gave all 10 of this list of things and they voted and it's funny i would it's there's a funny thing about this list too so of course the amazing spider-man 2 the amazing spider-man 1 spider-man 3 avengers infinity war avengers endgame captain america civil war spider-man the original 
Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Into the Spider-Verse, to which the voting, if you want to vote to the top five of the 10 that they gave, very similar to mine, very similar to mine, with the exception of Captain America Civil War, was placed under the fifth slot. Spider-Man Rami was uh, put in the fourth, Spider-Man 2, third, Spider-Man Homecoming, second, and of course, Spider-Man, overwhelmingly, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse as number one. So, what was not voted on, I must add, was Spider- The Amazing Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and Spider-Man 3. Respectfully so. Now, take note, I felt The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was watchable at best. The Amazing Spider-Man 3, I had conflicting situations with. But I've watched it multiple times. There's nothing else that needs to be said about that movie. The Amazing Spider-Man, I was not too much of a fan of. More than anything, because of the damn suit that looked like that looked like it was made of material from a Spalding basketball. But other than that, Andrew Garfield also was a throw-off to me as well. Granted, when he was with Emma Stone, their chemistry was awesome. I love the Gwen, the Gwen and Peter chemistry but this emo version of peter parker was disturbing to me he i just felt like he just didn't feel like peter at all if you compare him to tom holland or toby um toby mcguire no he was nowhere near to that level of a peter parker but he would look he when he was spider-man he was pretty good so it you know it was pretty much what it was with that and then you had the you know you had the lizard which was actually really okay um, you had for base Spider-Man 2, you had Jamie Foxx. He would have been much better had he not been kind of the, you know, a super, a, a kind of a rehashed version of a Superman Donner style character. Cause that's what he felt like. He felt like he felt kind of his portrayal reminded me of like the Donner Superman movies. It was kind of outdated. I would have loved to have a more sophisticated version of him, like his whole entire look. And it's not, it takes nothing away from Jamie Foxx's portrayal of it. It was just the character direction of it, in my opinion. So that, I, you know, I didn't really feel that too much. Sally Field was a great made too, in there. There were some elements that were good, but it, overall, in comparison to the rest, it wasn't bad. So, like, I, they didn't get any votes, unfortunately, from that point. Even Infinity, uh, any, even Endgame, which really did have Peter on air that much, except for the final battle, which I forgot how long that battle was and the end of that was. But, it, yeah, that was even considered better to people than that. And, my, and speaking of that, my honorable mentions would be Infinity War and Endgame because you got to see a lot of character development within Peter within those movies, too. But overall... The other movies were the top five were all of ours at that best. So I would love to know what you guys think and what was your uh, actual best and why. So if you're on the ACMG Facebook group, definitely check it out. If you're on my Instagram page, definitely chime out there, too. You know, I know I don't get a lot of talk out of that one, but they get a lot of likes from the artwork and everything on there as well. And we get a lot of listeners from that as well. So I do appreciate all of it, folks. That will do it for this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I hope you guys enjoyed it always. And definitely check us out. We will be reviewing Spider-Man Far From Home next week as it is going to be premiering during the week, early during the week. So that's not weird at all, but it was whatever. I will be joining a bunch of my ACMG Facebook group as we're going to the movie tavern in Flower Town this week to check it out. Enjoy yourselves. Have some great food and 
chill on some of the best reclining chairs that I ever have outside of mine and in my house and just have a great time as always. Again, people, I say it again. Please do your best to be as friendly as possible, to be to reach out to people, to be a real friend, because to sometimes this as corny as this might sound to be a real friend is to be a hero, too. You know, part of being a hero is being a friend and being a friend, at, a, a real friend who's absolutely there for people, you know, not just to, to for for the benefit of them or whatever like that to really be there when during their darkest times, especially people that, you know, that are excelling in things and, you know. Sometimes they don't excel all the time. Sometimes they need help to boost up. That's a real friend, you know, because it really helps out. It really helps them in their mental state. It really helps them out and, 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 and so much more. So just be there and just just let's make a change leading into 2020 because we definitely desperately need it. So, folks. Thank you again. If you want to uh, check us out in all of our episodes, our past episodes, our great interviews with some of the best in all things anime, comics, movies, and games, go to TalkTimeLive.com. Check out our exclusive page on TalkTimeLive.com forward slash exclusive, or you can just tap on the button and on the website, and you will see a list of all of our, uh, yeah, but I would say about all of our, uh, some of our favorite interviews. I still got to put on the um the Flanagan, uh, the recent Flanagan interview. I don't know why I'm stalling on that. It's such a great interview, but you know, from last year, we're just about to celebrate the year of that interview too. So I got to definitely got to put it up. So yeah, definitely go out of your way to check that out as well. And, uh, keep sticking with us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google play, Podbean, and so much more. We're going to be doing a lot. There's going to be some great news coming very soon. As I mentioned before, it's about to heat up in the summer in the best way, and I can't, I, I don't want to say I can't wait. I hate saying I can't wait, but I'm looking very forward to it as well. So, folks, that will do it for this episode. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Avery Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Folks, have a great and absolutely safe 4th of July celebrated week. Take care. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.